are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNB Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I like that, whoa. That felt good. That's a good whoa. That was a good one. (laughs) I felt really strong about that, whoa. Today on the show, we have the owner of Upper Crust Bakery, Ben Guzik. Did I say it right? You sure did. Yeah, I, I practiced it like <laughs> six times. Before. I have to say too, like you know, ninety percent of the time, it's either Guzik or Guzik. You really Guzik, you, Guzik. Stuck, you stuck the land. Guzik, that was great. Man, I am gonna say his name all day today. I'm gonna go around Guzik. Guzik. Yeah, thank no, I'm not. Sne- I'm not sneezing. Guzik. <laughs> Hey, hey, man! Thanks for being here. Uh, it's really, um, you know, thank thank you so much for having me. I, you know, uh, really is an honor. Um, I, I've been listening to the podcast yeah. for the last like month or so, um, giving me a, a lot of value just to kind of hear other folks. Kind of, you have speak like ten about. months to catch up on now. Do you? Realize? I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but uh, it's it's well, I've been listening to like more than just the past month's episodes. Cool. Anyway, yeah, but it's it's been really awesome, and and it's really. Um, just uh, kind of beyond flattering to just be here. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. Excited to get into your story a little bit. I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions. We're gonna have a lot of good time. But before we do that, you guys, last week, Mike just absolutely crushed it with a mod. I mean, he was so, so great. And of course, I mean, I don't get enough opportunity to plug my own companies on the on the show. So like, you know, I'm gonna say this, this, this episode is brought to you by New Scooters for Less. I wanna be the sponsor of my own, of my, <laughs> of my own show um, for the time being. And um, Mike, dude, you really did do a good job. Well, I appreciate and that. And so of course I asked Mike to come back. I'm like, Mike, you gotta come back. Be, be my co-host again. And uh, I'm excited to have you, dude. I appreciate it. Did, did you it have, are you it having always, a good time? It always means something to me whenever I get a compliment from you. So like, <laughs> it's like getting a compliment from your father, a pat on the back. I'm like, aww, oh, Colin's proud. So, no, I appreciate Your it. Last proud. week was fun. Uh, it was a really good time. And so here I am. Hopefully uh, I don't do worse this time. Yeah, and I told, <laughs> when I told Mike, I was like, it's gonna be Ben from Upper Crust. He was like, oh my gosh, that place is so good. Uh, Florida, Florida football and Pastries, like yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty yeah. happy. <laughs> pretty happy. <laughs> those, those are the episodes. Those are the ones. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. You, you know the way to my heart. So. <laughs> and he's got well, you got like two cups of tea over there or something. Yeah, it's my go. Not one, but two. Uh, a and a bottle of, of water. Cup of tea. You gonna stay hydrated yeah, during this good, episode? Or what? I've, I've got, I've got my own like corner of heaven over here. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's awesome, man. Well. I'm super excited to get into this. And Ben brought breakfast, man. I mean, like, you guys, the, everybody who's paying attention, who owns, like, a food business, and you get invited on the show, and you're bringing, like, pastries. I mean, I've already bit into this thing, but look at this. Like, this thing is, one, it's beautiful. It's like a work of art in itself. And I know that you, like, really take pride in that part of it, because you. You, told, you told me when I had visited. And, um, but it's just, one, is really, really beautiful looking. And then he brought WHOA cookies, <laughs> all right? Like, look at this. Hold those up real quick. Look, show this, show this camera right this, here. Is it visible? Yeah. Right. He brought WHOA cookies. Dude, that's awesome. And I cannot wait to eat those. So thank you for bringing all the goodies with you this morning. Right. Our pleasure, uh, that's, our pleasure. I mean, you basically go up a whole nother notch when you <laughs> it's bring over delivery. Right there. Yeah, it's over delivery uh, on this experience. <laughs> like, uh, I love it. 
So awesome. Well, and before we get into the episode, like definitely want to thank our sponsor again, um, Rap Spot. You guys are incredible. I, I know I've said it multiple times. You guys make sure you get registered for this giveaway. Um, we're we're, we're going to be wrapping this thing up pretty soon here, and um, you want to make sure you get registered. So what you got to do is go to whoagnv.com. Okay, click giveaway and then fill out the form there and that's all you gotta do. Then you get entered. Tell all your friends, tell them to enter for you. You guys need a wrap for a vehicle? You guys got a, a, a vehicle for Upper Crust? Everyone has, nearly everyone has a vehicle. Yeah, so you <laughs> could wrap it. We're giving away a $2,500 wrap wow. from Wrap Spot. Wow. Okay, and um, and so everybody can get entered to win and that's it, that's all you gotta do. Awesome. So, Wrap Spot, Garrick, Taylor, you guys, everybody at that team, thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast. And um, and Gainesville, thank you so much for supporting us and them. So it's gonna be exciting. I'm, I cannot wait to see who wins this thing. It's gonna be legit. That'd be cool. So you guys ready to get into the episode? You ready to do this? Let's do this. All right. Yeah. So you know, so you, I mean, you've, you've, I mean, you haven't watched all the episodes, Ben, but <laughs> but you have watched several. So, you know, we like to start with the origin stories, man. We like to take it back a little bit, kind of hear what got you into this. And like, I know, like, I know that you recently, you know, took over mm-hmm. Upper Crust. Upper Crust has been around since 81? Yes, sir. Right, all right, so, like, I'm excited to kind of hear that. But before we get into that, just kind of tell me your little, your origin story, you know, how you got to Gainesville, and how you got into Upper Crust. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, and I, I really would like to talk about kind of the origin of, uh, story of Upper yeah, Crust. Yeah, please. Because I think in, in a lot of ways, it's it's more interesting than I'm mine. I'm gonna eat this while you do that. <laughs> cool. Um, but I, I can start with either. I might start, maybe I'll start with that. Um, yeah, so so like like you said, Colin, uh, Upper Crust started in 1981 in a little hovel, like near Wards, actually. Um, the, the owner at the time, her name is Jacqueline Dufty. Uh, she's an amazing woman, still in town. Um, and yeah, for the first uh, few years, it was like definitionally bootstrapped. Um, like she inherited or purchased or reclaimed like broke, broken pizza ovens, like their, the AC was always breaking. And then the, the biggest thing was, was that it was basically a wholesale business at the time, um, which has basically been totally flipped since then. Um, and uh, any anyone who who's met kind of Jackie or even maybe been in the, the upper crust as we kind of know it now, uh, I think would kind of intuit that 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 isn't necessarily where her heart kind of lied because in hand rolling baguettes for like razor thin margins is no one's idea of like a good time and, and delivering them to hospitals and um, and all the rest. So so a few years later, she she switched entirely to retail. Um, and and that that really kind of proved her uh, key to success. And so so from there she moved to uh, where we currently are in Gainesville Marketplace, um, right next to Fresh Market. But even then, at the time in like mid late '80s, it was uh, it was some kind of discount grocer. I want to say it was like a Save a Lot. So anyway, even even then it was um, it was uh, <coughs> definitely a much kind of riskier move. And she's you know um, she added croissants along the way. Um, she added pastries. Wine, cheese. I mean, she did a, a, like she laid the foundation more than that for for what Upper Crust is now. And she started that in '81. You said, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Really, really impressive person. Has it been in the same place? Uh, so since I, I, I want, I don't want to screw this up, but I think '87 uh, we've been in the same spot okay. that we are Dang. today. Okay, yeah. wow, yeah, man, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, um, and so so how how I found myself into this, uh, I guess maybe I'll I'll start with just kind of getting into food in the first place, which was which was kind of equally fortuitous. Um, 
uh, I was just at home on summer break, or pardon me, Thanksgiving break. Um, my, my brother had an internship, both my folks were working, and, um, and this was in Gainesville. And I needed something to occupy myself besides tennis and chess. Um, those are my <laughs> other two kind of hobbies, more than hobbies. Um, and uh, anyway, so I, need, I figured out, or, or I, I learned very quickly that I needed to figure out a way to feed myself. And so, but, but it was really like something just clicked, you know, it was just a light bulb. I'm not like good with my hands or, or and I'm not handy, you know, but, but creating kind of stuff with my hands in that way and getting that immediate gratification both for myself and the folks I was serving, my family at the time, um, it was kind of just uniquely kind of gratifying. From, from there, it was kind of off to the races. I, um, I more or less neglected all the normal school schoolwork that I had still going, and I was basically watching YouTube videos of how to cook for like hours and hours of the day, and then the times when I would have breaks, um, I'd get up at like five in the morning, cook until like nine at night just for my family, uh, tried to put something kind of really special together. Um, most, most of the time at that time I was not, but I was again trying really hard and, and learning a lot. Um, and, then, and then from there, I went to culinary school. At the time, um, during that time, I interned at a place that's still kind of the, one of the greatest honors of my life, this restaurant called Blue Hill in New York City, um, which, which really kind of taught me the, the principles of what it means to work with really high integrity in a restaurant situation. Um, that was a really kind of just unbelievably formative experience. And then uh, I, I, was, I was a horrible employee still then, but uh, um, <laughs> it, it, over the years I, I got to be a little more competent and um, uh, really cut my teeth at another restaurant in uh, Charleston, South Carolina uh, called Husk. Um, that, was, that was a lot of fun and I was there for a little over two years and, and, and learned a ton. And then anyway, when, once I felt like I, I had um, uh, kind of reached my apex in, turn, in terms of learning there. I uh, moved back to Gainesville, back home really, and uh, anyway, Upper Crust has always been our neighborhood bakery. And at the time, I really want, I, my goal was to open like a really, truly great sandwich shop with like homemade bread and, and the, the deli meats would be homemade and condiments would be homemade, everything would be homemade, it would be awesome. Um, and that, that might still potentially be in the, in the pipeline somewhere. But um, uh, anyway, I didn't know how to make bread. So I was like, oh my God, well, Uppercrust is hiring, so maybe I'll try to learn there. And, and uh, more or less um, right place, right time, because uh, um, uh, Jackie had been doing this for four decades, <laughs> um, and, and, and she was still like in the thick of it, um, baking croissants every morning kind of more often than not. Um, and so while I was at grad school, I still had this kind of little bird being like, man, you know, like, <laughs> Maybe upper crust would be a would be a cool place to start rather than um, uh, starting something just from scratch. And I'm a uh, pretty risk averse person to begin with. So um, yeah, kind of uh, a number of kind of fortuitous twists and turns. But yeah, here we are. So when did you start working at upper crust? Uh, I started. That's a great question. Um, it probably like four or five years ago now at this point. Um, and I was I was there as a baker. For, for about a year and then went off to grad school. And then, um, and then when I came back, I was there for another year, and, and it, it, which was really generous of Jackie too, to, to give me that time to kind of prepare and, and see kind of what all the stations do and, and how service works. And, um, and so I, I kind of did a rotation for about a year of that and then, and then 
since then been owning. Okay, so that's the part that's the most interesting to me, <laughs> right? Like how, like what conversations took place or like what happened where it's like, um, hey Jackie, like I want to own this place yeah. or, you know, like, or was she looking for an exit? Like what, what things happened that mm. were, that led to this transition? Because, um, you know, at least in this stage, anybody could come up to me right now and be like, yo, Colin, like I want to, like, I want to own new scooter sweats. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Keep working at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like whatever. Like, I mean, uh, you know, who? So like what happened there? So uh, yeah, thank you. You know, honestly, it was just kind of a shot in the dark in the in the middle of, of grad school. I just um I just remembered seeing kind of Jackie toiling again for just just day in, day out, and I couldn't even really estimate the the, the amount of work she put in the previous plus three plus decades. So um uh, yeah, I just I sent her a letter. I was like, "Hey, you know, here here I am. Uh, I'd be interested in purchasing this business from you if you're at all interested." And I was expecting that she would be offended, actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, but but it sorry table. Um, but but it really ended up being kind of uh, right place, right time because because she was tired, understandably, and um, and and I think I hope that I kind of um, demonstrated just through working there with the hopefully level of professionalism that I was kind of exhibiting that that I would be a decent candidate anyway so so that's really when we started kind of talking and it became kind of clear that that a lot of our kind of core values kind of aligned and, and this really I mean this upper crust really is uh, Jackie's baby um, and uh, and it was I mean understandably critically important for her that that she would have she would feel confident that that its legacy would be kind of continued and for uh, sure. in earnest, you know. You right. Know? So I don't. I don't. Is that a lot I, of pressure on you? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> like, sure, oh right. You know, um, I, I I'd be lying if I said it it, it weren't. You know, I think um, uh, we we have a very kind of dedicated group of regulars um, who who we've come to really develop true relationships uh, with over over the years even even just that, that I've kind of been in the business and um, and so I, I think the pressure kind of evidences itself um, in those kind of moments and interactions you know when when things are like because uh, they they let us know on a regular basis at daily um, kind of when when they think what we're doing is is, is good uh, not good and so um, so that that definitely keeps us honest yeah how did uh, like the rest of the team people people who were your coworkers yeah. right yeah. now now you're their boss like yeah, sure. I mean what did that how was that transition <laughs> um, in in some ways that that was um, kind of the the most challenging um, because because I was working with them as a peer for for a year prior and then there was this weird kind of purgatory where I was like it was clear that I was going to take over the business but but at the time I mean they they were the folks on the station that I was kind of learning from so in so in some respects that was that was actually really helpful because um, I, I could kind of show them firsthand that I was like really on their side and like was trying to learn kind of what they do and how they do things and why it works um, and I think anytime you kind of affirm that in people um, they respond well um, and so so I think that was that was again really wonderful that that Jackie uh, gave me the opportunity to kind of do that. Um, 
How many team members are there? Yeah, so we have 21 now. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so uh, I would say uh, maybe half are, are, um, are folks who I trained with personally uh, still um, and, and are still there, fortunately, or still here at Upper Crust. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but, but I think the, the, the challenge of that is one of, maybe, is, um, is that a lot of the folks who work at Upper Crust are older than I am. And, um, and I think very naively at the time I was, I thought, well, you know, like, this is a person I respect. Hopefully, through kind of my uh, sheer force of will, they'll 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 come to respect me too. And um, and but but there is there is that kind of uh, invisible kind of uh, uh, weird I don't know just kind of relationship that that people have when when they're being managed by folks who are younger than they are and, and then vice versa to manage folks who are who are older than you are um, because because they deserve uh, to be accorded kind of the respect that comes with experience you know and and I think um, actually just very recently um, we just did uh, our, our third kind of round of performance reviews uh, this past week or last week um, and and I think you know Time and again, it's it's kind of proven that honesty is the best policy because with the with these folks who I've been working with for quite a while and and who are older than I am, it's like, look, okay, we we need to address the kind of elephant in the room here. Like, I I am struggling with um, how to handle this relationship of managing you who are older than I am and have more experience in some ways than I do, um, and I think. Uh, I, I think that's that's been that's been helping. Not to say that that our relationships weren't excellent before, because because fundamentally they're they're really wonderful people. Um, but I think just kind of getting that in the room kind of kind of helps. I mean, what's who's the oldest or not like who the but like what's the age of the oldest person in there? Um, I or roughly. Okay, I, I would say fifties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think because I, yeah. I mean I, we're in this situation too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, it's something I deal with too. What what is your approach? So like, I mean, do you find that that dealing with uh, the older older personnel, like you can kind of have like a certain approach that gets through to them, they, a certain way to deliver feedback to them, or is it bit different on the individual? Or like, how do That's you handle a great it? Question. Um, you know, my my immediate reaction is to say, you know. Um, Different people have different priorities and are motivated by different things. So um, the the best bet is to try your best to, to figure out what that is for for an individual person. But um, but but I, I I will say that that folks who are older than I am, um, again, just kind of I don't know if this answers your question exactly, but uh, deserve kind of respect that comes with with age and experience and wisdom that's a real thing <laughs> so yeah <laughs> is it, i mean i think they do is it more difficult to manage somebody that maybe knows what they're doing because they've done it for a while but mm. it's maybe kind of set in their ways versus somebody that's young and hungry uh, uh you know that's okay, another another good one um jeez um <laughs> I, I, it really kind of depends if 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 folks really do because because the other thing is is we've we've changed a number of things kind of behind the scenes at Upper Crust um, and and some some of those changes have have come with real kind of struggle um, and uh, and so uh, again I, I mean I think if if someone's really kind of 
regardless of whether they're older or not, you know, and they're kind of dug into how you, how they, they think that things should be done, but you just kind of know it's not. <laughs> um, then, then, then that's when, when things seem really kind of intractable, you know? Um, and, and, and I'd be lying too, if I didn't say that that, that has happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I think, I, I would say, I like to think of myself anyway as a, a, a relatively kind of gentle manager. Um, and so, uh, you know, what I, what I can say is I had a really, I thought, important kind of conversation uh, with, with someone who, who, was, who was older than I am, um, who, was, who was working at Uppercrust and, and saying, like, look, you know, um, how should I put this? Um, yeah, I, I don't question for a second that you have the, the product's best interest at heart and you're not trying as hard as you can to make something kind of as beautifully as you can and as efficiently as you can. But, but it, it is my job as, as the owner of this rest, or pardon me, bakery, to, to, um, to, to tell everyone when, when their best isn't up to standard or when their best isn't what, what protocol is, you know? And, and ultimately, kind of protocol has to be protocol for, for everyone's well-being. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there are lots of little moments that happen, and I'm sure this is the same, same at New Scooters for Less, where, um, where just kind of in the heat of the moment, um, a decision kind of needs to be made, and, and you, you need to tell him or her what needs to be done, and if, and if you can't trust, or I should put it this way, you have to trust and know that they will do it as you want. And then, and then at, at the end of the day, like literally we have all the time in the world to talk about kind of what, you know, what were the other kind of options we could have used at that point, mm-hmm. but, like, but, but in the heat of the moment, and those moments, at least at Upper Crust, really do present themselves. That, they need they need they just kind of need to be done according to plan yeah i mean it's tough right like you got to hold everybody accountable (laughs) right like like you're the leader you got to hold everybody accountable to doing a great job and i mean it's it's interesting because like i'm like reflecting on our own situation as he's talking i'm like i'm like i'm thinking you know you're talking about i'm sure the thing is the stuff is same with new scooters for us i'm like nope we're perfect (laughs) no i'm just kidding um no i mean we all like i think every business owner can empathize we all deal with those challenges in fact like you know it's tough because like even one of our core values is to embrace and shape change, right? So I'm like, all right. Uh, hey, everybody, so we're gonna start using Slack now as a communication tool. Yeah, the 67-year-old's <laughs> not gonna get on Slack. You know what I mean? And I would say for a while, like, I was the guy that was like, no, like, our core values are to embrace and shape change. Like, mm. you like you gotta do it, mm-hmm. you know? And I just realized, well, like, even by forcing or impressing that on, you know, on him, like, it's just gonna, okay, might download it, but never gonna use it. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't know, like we constantly talk about like picking your battles and stuff like that. Like what does that look like? I mean, and, and ultimately I think it's our responsibility as leaders, um, one, to, to, be able, to be able to communicate in a lot of, like one of the biggest challenges I've experienced through my career is, is experiencing different generations and how they, and you know, what, you know how they see things and how they do things, mm-hmm. and I, I I feel like I've 
fit a very unique spot because I've been able to relate to, you know, some of the older team members on our team and to the younger ones. And I'm like right in the middle. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna be 37 years old this year. I'm like right in the middle. Uh, I actually think they classified my generation as like in between. I'm not like a zennial now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, what, I can't like, keep up I with mean, all it's, the changes. But. You know, I was born in 1982. Some people say you're a millennial. Some people say you're not. Like I'm like, but I can really see both both mm-hmm. sides. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what I've really tried to do as a leader in every, like forget generational stereotypes also like throw them all out the window. Like the thing that I try to do is constantly put myself in that person's shoes. And, and I actually think that uh, I've done that really well. I think the problem a lot of the times is the pushback from other team members. You know what I mean? I'll be like, okay, I get it. This 67 year old's not gonna get on Slack, okay? And they're probably not gonna check their email every single day either, mm-hmm. right? But then other team members will be like, yeah, but like, well, why do we have to do it if he's not gonna do it? You know what I mean? And like, and I've seen that kind of pushback too. Now I think, you know, as a team, well, like we have done an incredible job of working together and getting through those things, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's our job as leaders to coach them through that, you know what I mean? But, but it's tough. I, I mean, what did you agree? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we very much live in a comparison world where everybody wants to, you know, I think social media is a big driver of that. Mm-hmm. They, they're constantly comparing their lives to each other. Uh, and. I tend to have a very individualistic approach to, you know, I'll, I'll handle this employee this way, this is a, a pact between me and you, and this employee this way, and I, I don't do that to, you know, foster any kind of treatment one way that's not fair or anything, but that's just kind of the way I do it. You see it with uh, even things like pay, like, you know, if somebody finds out that their coworker makes this, it's like, okay, well, like, that's, that's what we agreed, but right. they find that out and now they want to compare, and, mm-hmm. and that, that's a struggle, but, but I definitely think that like it, it's a delicate balance between finding you know where like you said you're gonna pick and choose your battles. What what are you gonna like stand on principle? This is a core value, and absolutely like you have to embrace it, or have a little bit of flex. I mean, what I found like you were talking about um, with the apps and stuff. Like some people just didn't have the space on their phone to download it. Like <laughs> we we have this idea that like oh everybody just has a latest iPhone and they have the space and they could just mm-hmm. download this app. But I found out that like you know some people they would have to delete apps to add this back on so they could clock in or message and then, but if they did that, they didn't have email and I was like, oh, that's, that's a pain. Like, yeah. I can't tell somebody just go get a new phone. <laughs> so you have to understand, you know, what the limitations are too. But. That's a great point. Yeah, so, and the, a unique part of it as well, you know, the, when the, with some of the older team members, like the, the mentorship that I've received you know what I mean? Because I do, like, I get, yes, it's my business, and yes, I am the leader of the organization, but, like, I think every team member on our team is a leader in their own right, in their own way. Like, the, I mean, we try to hire teams of leaders, right? Mm-hmm. So when we have, uh, you know, a 67-year-old who is, I mean, he has very much served as a mentor to me, like, for years. <laughs> for years, and I, like, I mean, whether from a faith standpoint or just like, uh, just in general, I mean, I, I, I'm gonna be able to reflect back on a lot of that advice, even, <laughs> I mean, even some of the old school stuff, you know, I'm thinking like quotes of, what hill do you wanna die on today? Right. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like <laughs> like classic lies, like, is this the hill you wanna die on? <laughs> you don't have or, a backup plan, you don't have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, it's not what you say, That's it's how you, how you say, say it. it. Yeah. Like, I mean, just cl- classic stuff that has like, will radiate in me forever mm. from those people, you know? But I, I can totally empathize with the 
the trying to, you know, make, I mean, especially in like your situation where now you like you come in as as new owner and now you're this person's boss, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to hold them accountable. And accountability is hard, period. Like it's just hard, period. I think it's one of the things that I'm weakest at. Mm. Cause I'm just kinda, I just wanna be like, so just show up to work on time, do your job, do, do, do it really, really well, <laughs> and we'll all be happy. <laughs> right, like that's just the way I wanna be. You but, want people to, but to care like you care and work like you work, you know, like to have the same ethic. And I think that that's a, that's a huge thing too. I mean, as a, as a leader, generally it's a lead by example uh, kind of mentality for me at least. And, and you hope that if you work really hard, everybody around you is gonna see that and they wanna work really hard, but sometimes that's not the case. Yeah, <laughs> but. I mean, it's tough, man, it's tough. Yeah. And talk a little bit about, um, so you went to culinary school. There's a huge difference sometimes between like people that, at least that I've watched and followed, mm-hmm. that, that, like they love to cook and people that get into the baking aspect of things. So mm-hmm. where, did, where did your passion start? And are, you know, is it, is it getting quenched with, with like say bakery or do you ever mm-hmm. get that itch to go back into to cooking? That's great, thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, so, so cooking, like line cooking, cooking meat, vegetables, stuff like that, um, that, that still really appeals to me and actually, um, uh, kind of shameless plug here. Uh, Upper Crust is now doing uh, a monthly kind of special dinner that that where hopefully we're going to be able to exercise a little bit of that, um, uh, and and so that'll be kind of once a month. Uh, you should be on our newsletter if you if you'd like to to hear oh, more nice about it. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so, uh, but I, I think there's. Uh, Kind of a, a false equivalence potentially because because there's a lot of cooking that goes on in upper crust. Um, like uh, okay, for the for instance, just some of the things that that we have uh, this morning, um, the the raspberry preserves and the chocolate raspberry croissant we have, and then the guava preserves we have in the um, guava croissant. Um, uh, we, Which is we fantastic, make, by the no, way. Thank you, thank <laughs> you, uh, thank you. We 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 make those, and and I, I suppose that that technically could fit in in a kind of pastry kind of realm, and and, and it definitely does in insofar as we serve it. Um, uh, but fundamentally, the the process of kind of making preserves, I think, definitely kind of falls more into kind of just cooking, uh, and I think there's there's a real kind of richness to that, and and kind of in in building flavors and a kind of uh, traditional way that we do, I think, in those. Um, but anyway, so so you asked, um, uh, kind of where where my love started. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I would say definitely definitely cooking and and and, and kind of for for better and worse. Um, I I see uh, what I what I do now is is kind of um, managing folks and then and then filling in holes. Um, so so uh, I can fill in kind of on any station when, when someone's sick or, or what have you. Um, and so, so I, I, I really do kind of still get to flex my muscles that way, uh, which is nice. Um, but, uh, but I think whether, whether it would be a, a restaurant or a sandwich shop or a bakery, ultimately I think uh, what, what I'm doing and just kind of like monitoring quality and accountability and all that, um, what I'm doing now kind of transcends kind of even even cooking versus baking, if that makes sense. Because because I like on a on a day to day basis, I, 
at least how I conceptualize what I do. I, I, that's not that's not what I'm doing. I, and, and in some ways, that's really kind of tragic. But 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 in other ways, um, uh, what I think we all do is kind of uniquely fulfilling. And and if that's kind of if you if you have this kind of like yearning to to lead and 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 kind of have help people grow and um, serve people and and kind of shape the way that that's done, I think that's. Uh, yeah, you, 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 it's kind of one or the other at that mm-hmm. point, you know. How did that bleed down? Like from, uh, like, did that come from Jackie? And the, I mean, because the customer service over there is unbelievable. Thank you so much. Yeah. Wow. Um. Uh. So I, I actually, you know, um. So, so Jackie is a kind of uniquely kind of gifted host and hospitalitarian. Um. I. What I. What I will say is that, um. I. I take personal pride in in kind of. Creating more kind of parameters and, and and means by which to serve people well. So um, I like, for instance, on on um, uh, on our previous kind of employee manual, that there there wasn't anything that really kind of discussed kind of how important service was to us. And and I think in in one sense, um, uh, in a lot of ways, hopefully uh, the products that we have kind of. Uh, sell themselves, um, but but in other ways, um, I think here we are. We, we have a we have a counter service bakery. In in that way, we only have really few moments with most of the people we serve, um, and so it's it's really kind of critical for us to serve them well. That we kind of scope them out <laughs> the second the second they come through the door, um, and and figure out whether whether that's you know. Mr. Smith wants to get his baguette in literally 10 seconds and, and be out the door, but then you have to be kind of perceptive of that in a different way. Um, or, you know, Mrs. Smith wants um, wants to kind of linger a little bit, you know, um, and, and kind of take in the smells and, and, and look at all of our olive oils and, and then the cheeses and then be like, oh my God, you know, like, what should I get? And, um, uh, and, and so just having a kind of cognizance of that and, and how kind of important um, that is. The, the framework we use uh, for, for kind of serving people well is, is something I learned um, actually in an organizational behavior class in, in, uh, in business school. Um, uh, to, to this day, uh, the, the best professor I've ever had. Um, her name is Christina Workman. Um, and, uh, She's she's awesome. Um, anyway, so so high quality connections. Um, high quality connections are, are made of three things. Uh, well, first of all, high quality connections are what they sound like—a genuinely high quality connection that you have with a guest or, or a teammate. Um, uh, so it's, they're made of three things: one, positive regard, which is also what it sounds like. It's uh, conferring positivity onto the person you're speaking with. Um, two, mutuality, and this is kind of the key. Um, in order for there to be a genuine connection. Um, that positive regard has to be reciprocated. Um, and so that's where kind of figuring out kind of in, the, in those kind of first milliseconds what, what people are at upper crust to do and what they're there for um, becomes kind of so paramount. Um, uh, and, and so that we, we can get to a place where, where the feeling kind of can be mutual. And then, and then the third is vitality, which which is just kind of refers to the sum of its parts ness that um, that that a high quality connection when it's when it, when there is that positivity and there is that mutuality uh, fostered together, kind of how has this power to kind of 
you know, brightened whole days even from like just just like saying, let's say, and this is a pretty classic one for us. Um, we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, mom and dad who who bring in their daughter and. Um, and they get a whole bunch of things, and then someone's trimming cookies in the back, and, and we break one. And so it's like, here, here's like a free cookie that we can just give you because um, we, we feel like this is going to make, a, I don't know, positive impact. And, and, and I don't know, you, it's not every time, but sometimes you can really see the daughter's face light up, the, the parent's face light up, and, and, then, and then equally powerfully, y you, because you, you were able to kind of create this beautiful kind of experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I mean, funny, like, even when you were talking about, you know, people who come in who are in a hurry or somebody wants to come in and, like, take in the smells and stuff, I'm just, like, picturing our trip to Italy. <laughs> Remember when we were going to those little cafes? Yeah, And the little, oh, little cafe, like, dude, I was mind-blown because people were walking in. Like, some people were just grabbing stuff, throwing money on the counter. Like, they were, like, grab a, ba grab a pastry, throw money on the counter, and walk out. Total honor base, like... Yeah, just, completely honored. Yeah. Like, and then people, what was the other? Oh, we we were there. We're like, oh, well, we're on we're on vacation, so we're gonna sit yeah, over sit here and, and have enjoy our, our coffee time. and like take our time. And there's like chaos happening right in front of us. And I mean, I thought it was I thought it was cool, but just kind of hearing you say that, I, they they did very much the same thing. It's like, how do you, you know, make that experience the right experience for that particular mm. customer? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's interesting because we kind of do that with the scooter shop. You know, we have what we call the, we call it the hall ass pass. I don't think I've ever had anybody come into the scooter shop just to take in the smells, though. Yeah, yeah, not the smells, <laughs> not, not not the smells part, but I mean, like from the <laughs> the experience, the experience standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Like during, I mean, because the process of buying a scooter can can be lengthy. It's like buying a car. I mean, mm -hmm. with title work and everything else. So. And we, and we have like celebrations and we like to do all, to make this really, really cool experience. But we've also realized that over time, like sometimes, sometimes the greatest experience is somebody getting their scooter and getting the hell out as fast as possible. Mm. You know what I mean? So we've mm -hmm. created processes for that too. If somebody, if somebody wants to be able to get their scooter and, and go yeah. and not have to take an hour to do scooter paperwork, like mm. oh, we're cool with that. Like we can, we can help <laughs> accommodate that, you know? Nice. So I don't know. It's just, it's interesting even like hearing you talk about the customer mm -hmm. experience, how it compares to like a scooter business and other businesses that have experienced, you know? Sure. But I love, I mean, well, our number one core value is to create and recreate the UCE, the mm -hmm. ultimate customer experience. So like for me, customer service, customer experience, you know, is something that I'm super passionate about. And so it was cool to, to walk in there. And I remember like, I, I, I walked in there not confirming a time, like, I, cause I was going to meet with him uh, and I walked in there and I didn't confirm the time like it was my, so it was like, uh, this is why I have a personal assistant by the way, because like I'm terrible with the organizational side. And so I didn't come from the time and I go in there and he was, uh, you were doing interviews, mm -hmm. right? For mm -hmm. new team members yeah. and stuff. And like one of his team members was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like he's in the middle of an interview. You know, can I get, can I give you something for your trouble? And I'm like, no, I'm like, dude, I'm like, it's completely fine. It's all, I was like, it's all on me. Like I'm the one who messed up, you know? But it was, but it was still, it was like very nice of them to offer and Thanks, you know, and it was just a pleasant experience Thank you. all the way around. That's so wonderful. yeah, it's cool. That's really cool. I, I'm, I'm like envious of that. I'm like, I, I hope that my team's out there doing something similar. Um, it, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, I have a tendency not to kind of complete my, my thoughts. I think the point of it is like we, we created this framework for high quality connections um, so that we would 
prioritize it. It's one of our core values now. Yeah, so, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. So talk to me about some of the other challenges that have come up since you've since you've become <laughs> an owner. Yeah, thank you. That's such a huge. I mean, that's a huge transition. I'm, and I'm still kind of like just fascinated by your, you know, willingness or like even taking the action to mm. even send a letter, being like. Yo, I want to own your you. business. Thank you. <laughs> you yeah, know I mean? yeah, I still. I'm and by the way, like I know, I said, I, I said, oh, you better go work on it. Like if somebody, if somebody, if a team member came to me and said that they wanted to buy new scooters for us, we would have a serious conversation about it. By the way, I don't like, <laughs> I don't want to put that out there in the world on my own podcast. Be like, no, get back to work. It's never. No, I mean that's that's. I, I hope that my team members would aspire to own this place because I think that means that you're doing something right. Right, you're looking at Jack, and you're like, "Man, you built something really special. Like, this is something that I want to be a part of, and and I would like to own this." Mm -hmm. You know, and I think when people, when you have team members that aspire to that, like, that's something good on the owner's part, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think, um, I guess, to that point, and then and then I'll I'll try to remember what you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> um, I got this twenty minute question. Let me ask you this. <laughs> um, uh, I. I Sadly, a, a lot of restaurants, at least the ones that I've worked in, have, have had this kind of toxic culture. It's, um, and, and I think fundamentally it, it comes from uh, this kind of uh, double whammy of not being paid enough and like incredibly high pressure and horrible hours. Triple whammy, I guess. Um, and so uh, anyway, I think Opera Quest was the, the first place that, that I worked um, that was still within this kind of food and beverage kind of landscape that, um, that, that so kind of clearly valued the, the people who work there as people. Um, and that was a really just kind of just unbelievably beautiful thing for me to kind of step in and, and be a part of. And I think that was, that was the um, maybe first part um, that I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, like, like you were saying, you really have created something special because here we are in this this just brutal industry, um, and and found a way to create kind of a, a an extremely pleasant kind of place for for folks to work, and and then and then hopefully to to have you know croissants and bread and whatever else at. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, the other other challenges. Um, so so I'd say like. At transition itself, um, uh, I the the kind of biggest change that we made was um, converting all of our recipes to grams, um, which was oh my god, so much Excel going into it. But um, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, at at the time too, like there were there were some things where you know I had to be experimenting just in kind of my my days off or what are days off like times times when the bakery were closed was closed and I could or or just times that I'd spend at home uh, kind of recipe testing and um, and and it was working kind of there but but when it was scaled up to the level that we needed it at like stuff was just wonky so so this actually kind of gets back to the point of people who are, were older than I am or have just done this in, in day in day out for 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 much longer than I had at the time, um, they kind of knew how was how stuff was supposed to look, regardless of whether things were measured in grams or cups or however we were doing it. And so um, uh, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't kind of obstinate at times, you know, during during that process and being like, 
Well, no, because I know that for a fact that this worked when I tested it, so I, we're gonna keep doing this for a week. And it's like, oh my God, it doesn't take four hours to rise, but now it takes four hours to rise. And, and um, uh, whatever it is. And, and, um, and so like, it took, it took me a little bit to, to just kind of uh, figure that out and, and, um, and, and kind of meet people where they were. And um, I, I learned a lot from that. And, and I frankly still, still am. Um, cause, cause there, there are some things that are, you know, still kind of, uh, slipping through the cracks. Um, so are you, are you looking at it? Cause it seems like now you're kind of look at, looking at it with a business owner mentality, like from an efficiency standpoint. Mm. I mean, is that, Oh, okay. Is that right? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, sure. it kind of seemed like, I mean, it's interesting cause I could totally see where you have, uh, you know, a baker or somebody who's been there for a long time. Like they probably know how to do the stuff like the back of their hands. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like they don't need to met they don't they can like literally eyeball yeah. like measurements mm -hmm. and make a freaking fantastic pastry That's right true. yeah no like, doubt but at the same time like you as a business owner have to get a little systematic about it cuz you need to be able to hire the new person to come in and be like here's the recipe here's how mm -hmm. you do it mm -hmm. right yeah that, <laughs> I mean, that like, yeah i should have i should have uh, clarified that that's why we were doing why we were causing so much stress in the first place. Uh, yeah, uh, both both for scalability, it's a lot it's a lot easier to to, to scale uh, grams than um, than than cups. Uh, and then and then like like you were saying, um, it, when when someone new comes in to say like this is exactly how we need to measure it and this is our method, uh, far less kind of chance of, of kind of things going, going awry, which, which especially in something uh, like baking, which, which in which there is so much kind of feel, um, uh, I don't know, it's, it, that, that was really helpful. But then the other thing that I'd say is um, uh, having, having things be in grams, especially uh, regarding bread, makes it possible for us to say, we know that we're expecting to serve, say, 16 baguettes today and 20 batards of, like, a, say, the white, the white bread that we make, and this, that, and the other thing. And whereas before, our recipes were like could be scaled 1x, 2x, 4x, and but like let's say a Tuesday, like during during the spring break week, is like 1.4x is like that's the number. And so and so by being able to convert to grams, that that was really kind of the power, both both in kind of uh, Making it feel like our the folks who work there, you know, um, were were producing kind of just the right amount, so that when they came in the next day and and saw that that um, like oh my gosh, we really almost did kind of uh, serve everything that we that we shaped the day before, and um, uh, as opposed to seeing a mountain or nothing at all. I just realized something. <laughs> you know, in school when you're sitting in school and you're like. Doing math and you realize you're like I'm never gonna never use this <laughs> ever in my life. You guys are not one of those people. <laughs> like that's actually one of the things. Like convergence. He said like 1.4x. Yeah, we like 1.4. I'm like I'm like man, there's a lot of math in what you guys do. I was like I, I just remember sitting in class being like oh, I'm never gonna use this. Why am I learning this? And um, well, if you're gonna work at Upper Crest, <laughs> yeah, like, no doubt. you're, you're probably gonna use that math. <laughs> yep. So yep. you just proved me wrong. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So so that was that was especially uh, that was definitely a challenge. The the kind of struggle that happened when we were just kind of in the thick of the transition there. 
Um, and then, and then, you know, I, the other, the other thing that just is, is my continual struggle is just my own neuroses. Um, I think, uh, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I was, I was raised in kind of a, or started working, uh, cut my teeth in a kind of fine dining restaurants. And, uh, it was, it was just imperative that, that every like minute detail that you attended to was like, just so, so like now you like. Our, the folks who work with me can like kind of see my like just like the bile build when like the towels aren't folded and like in the right spot and like at right angles and and yeah take that to take that to eleven and that's that's the that's what they experience and what I experience like every moment of a moment of every day so I call that attention to detail right. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> well, thank you I yeah. mean maybe maybe like if it like too obsessive, I don't mm -hmm. know. You always had a more of a militaristic approach to, to organization and stuff, at least early yeah. on. Yeah, ah, you know. Hey, so we gotta wrap up in a few minutes, but uh, before I do, I hope I, I wanna like dive into a little bit more about the purchase process. Mm -hmm. uh, like how did you go about like negotiating those terms? That's a great question. I mean, like, did you guys start pulling out P&Ls and like, what's the business worth? Mm -hmm. Like, were you putting worth on like the fact that, I mean, because I, I, I know it's easy to look at a business and be like, for other people to look out from the outside in and be like, oh, well, they net X, whatever that is, the business is worth this. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. there's also value into being around for as long as it has been, and, you know? So like, walk me through a little bit of how you guys, you know, came about the the value yeah. of the place and, Thank you. and what that looked like. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, the, the the short story is is I uh, I did not pay what it was worth. Like I, I'm very kind of lucky, and, and Jackie is very kind of generous. Um, so so yeah, there there are those kind of multiples uh, valued for for typical businesses. Um, I, I guess the the overarching thing is I would say. I am personally very lucky that Jackie was so kind of receptive in the first place and, and kind of uh, at this point kind of wanted wanted this to pass on, you know, again, really right place, right time. But but at, but too, while, while we were quote unquote negotiating, I, I was at um, uh, business school and uh, there, there were some uh, uh, lawyers who were doing kind of law for entrepreneurs and, and, and kind of deal negotiation kind of classes. And so I was in one at the time, uh, which, which was <laughs> pretty valuable. And um, anyway, so, so he, uh, my professor uh, at the time was really helpful and kind of, this, this is how you should set up, you know, a term sheet and this, that, and the other thing. So, um, so, so we, started, we started with that, with, the, with a blueprint that, um, that he helped me kind of create. And um, and then uh, you know the uh, she she was she was quite happy with with my value to to begin with, but then most of our terms were kind of just discussing um, the kind of nuts and bolts of what would happen during this month and 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 I, I don't know it's uh, this kind of seems blurry at this point to me frankly yeah yeah <laughs> it's just it's fascinating to. Well, it's it's just cool. Uh, I like it. It's cool, and I can completely. I'm trying to put myself in like Jackie's shoes, like mm. me as a business owner. You know, I've New Scooters Plus is 15 years old now. You know, so you know if if a team member had like 
came up to me and proposed something like that. Like, what what things am I considering? And I'm definitely considering the, you know, it's it's interesting. It's like, well, look, like New Scooters Flesh is as a brand. You know, it's it's a powerful brand not only in Gainesville but in our industry. Mm. You know, so like like I look at that, but at the same time, I know like the value of having making sure that that legacy carries on, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Making sure that it's put in the right person's hands. Um, to carry that legacy, so like, so you, I know that I would be willing to sacrifice on that to make mm. sure that it would, that it would live on. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. so just kind of hearing you talk through some of that is, uh, is making me realize that like, one, Jackie's super super smart. <laughs> you know, um, so I don't know. It, it's cool, and and so I appreciate you like talking about that process because I think I think it's one that a lot of people are interested in. Is you know like. Hey, team member to like owner to, yeah. you know, and like of a company that's been around for a long time, like that's super interesting. Oh, so, thank you, thank you, uh, Mike. You got any last minute questions, man? Sure. Uh, what's some of your culinary idols? That's a, a great question. Um, yeah, so so Alton Brown, uh, the, the host of Good Eats, who's doing this like stupid cutthroat kitchen stuff now. Which, <laughs> like, don't get me started on that. But but when he when he, in his golden age, you know, he was he was teaching folks really kind of how to cook and the science behind that in a in a kind of Bill Nye engaging way. Um, good Eats, right? Yeah, Good yeah. Eats, man. Yeah, that. He he taught me how to cook more than more than basically anyone else. Like while I was b- before I was screwing stuff up in kitchens, um, <laughs> like restaurant kitchens. Um, and then and then besides that, the uh, another person who's who's not necessarily a uh, chef, but um, a food writer who um, I just really have found this like bizarre connection to is a guy named Josh Azerski. Um, he uh, he wrote the uh, uh, whole book about. Um, uh, Colonel Sanders, who was a real guy, um, but really interesting story, and uh, and the hamburger, basically the history of the hamburger in the United States. And then he did a number of articles for like Time and stuff. Um, those are hilarious, and I think really kind of pierce it uh, some interesting kind of zeitgeist, you know, it, it, in, in, in uh, kind of whatever moment of time. Um, besides that, you know, um, I'd say the 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 other the other folks. I've really come to respect our um, so so Blue Hill and, and, and Husk are both, you know, in, in my biased opinion, really pretty well known restaurants. Um, and the chefs there, the chefs proper, or at least while I was working there, uh, their names are Dan Barber and Sean Brock. Um, but you know, as as kind of things kind of shake out, they're they're not the folks who are who are grinding it out kind of every day. Uh, the the folks who were who were there in those kitchens who uh, were telling me all the things that I was doing that were wrong uh, those those are the those are the folks that that really have kind of my uh, personal respect because um, they they really were masters of this kind of uh, accountability and um, and just just they just worked with integrity their their names are, are Trevor Kunk. Uh, uh, Kenny Hogue, th- those are both the folks who I worked with mostly at Blue Hill, and then and then Travis Grimes at um, at, at Husk. Yeah, those are really kind of th- those will always be really special people to me. That's awesome. It's su- yeah. super humble that it's like people that you actually worked with, worked under. Uh, you know, I think the Alton Brown one is awesome. You know, the, there's so many celebrity chefs out there, right? But but to have have people that that inspired you or, or that you know, thank you. You you look forward to that you worked with. I think it's awesome. So. You like to cook. 
And you like to eat. I, that's two of my favorite things is cooking yeah. and eating. Yeah. I mean, I always feel like when we when we travel, like when we went to Italy, it was like very, all right, we got to find these, these yeah. places. I want to go where the locals go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to know where the hole in the wall places are. Like, I don't need to go to the big chains. Or... Yeah, you're a good person to travel with. Thank you. That, that's super <laughs> flattering. No, I mean, that's what you want to hear. But no, I mean, I think that travel, uh, food is a huge part of, of travel for me. Uh, yeah. And mm. that's why I like really that experience, me. man. Yeah. And, uh, it was cool. Remember, like in Italy, when we went to like pizzeria, it was like the little. It was like a hole in the wall. Right. Like, the owners were just so real and so like. Amazing. I mean, it was, yeah, so, it was just yeah. incredible, and it was fun. Plus, the food was incredible. Was awesome. I'm missing Italy. Being, sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> they end up being yeah. They, I mean, I I live my life through food, so you know, take what I say with a grain of salt. But like, they really do kind of map kind of our experiences, especially when we're when we're in places that we're not familiar with, they really kind of- Oh, for sure. Yeah, anchor us into where we are. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I appreciate you for keeping that that feeling alive <laughs> through Upper Crust, and um, and good luck with everything, man. Thank you. It'll be it'll be fun to like check back in a you know few years, see like where it's gone, how ownership life has compared to team member life, mm. and and see how it develops. So I wish you and your team the best of luck. And likewise, and likewise. Uh, Gainesville, like definitely go check them out. I mean these. <laughs> food is incredible. I didn't want to keep eating it because it was kind of like crunching right here in the <laughs> mic. Uh, but I'm going to finish this pastry right now. And uh, and yeah, man, thanks a lot. Thank you. Mike, thank any you. last words? No. Oh, uh, real quick. Um, where can everybody find you? Social media stuff? Oh, yeah, like... thank you. So so on um, uh, Facebook and Instagram, I'm pretty sure it's Upper Crust Productions. Um, there's there's an underscore between Upper Crust and Productions on Instagram. And then, and then we have a website too, uppercrustgnv.com. Boom. Awesome. awesome. Well, hey, thanks again, everybody. This is the WHOA GNV Podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Whoa. We'll I was see a little you, late. you later. No, I was kidding. I like it. <laughs> Bye.